Hello, space policy enthusiasts. Welcome to the Space Policy Pioneers podcast. My name is Andy Williams, and I'm the director of Science in Space, a niche space policy consultancy firm. On this podcast, we'll talk to leading space policy experts and hear their informative and inspirational career stories to help you, the listener, learn about the different career paths in space policy and the skills you need to be successful. If you enjoy this podcast, please help us by leaving a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform and sign up for more information and career resources at www.scienceinspace.co.uk. One final note before we begin, all guests are talking in their personal capacity and are not representing any official position of their former or current employing organization. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not legal or investment advice. Tanushree, you have worked for one of the most exciting Indian space companies, which has achieved an amazing goal in the shortest time from its establishment and before many competitor companies in Europe and America, I should add, of putting a payload into orbit. So this is Skyroute. So how did you find yourself working there at Skyroute and what inspired you to to sign up? Right, so uh, Skyroute, the company in itself has achieved quite a lot of milestone in a very short period of from its establishment. And for me, I was always very fascinated by space and uh, I was very keen on working with the space industry. and on the technical side at first. But growing up, thank Ben realized uh, science was not my cup of tea. So um, that sort of drifted, like I drifted a passion with. And it was then during my participation in a space law moot court competition that I actually developed interest in space law, researched more about it. And as I've always been wanting to work in the space sector, I got an opportunity. This was directly after my graduation that I started working with it's not very often that you do get a chance to work on cool stuff like rockets, satellites and so on, especially on the space law and policy part back then, especially in India. So having this opportunity, I think there was no way that I could have um, denied it. <laughs> and was it that um, did the space sector find you or had you kind of already had an interest in space before that so what was your your kind of early interest in space so i think i was very much drawn towards astronomy i was drawn towards the recent development uh, in terms of aviation and also outer space but like i mentioned technical part was not something that i could have managed in my uh, later part of my studies and uh, it sort of uh, then i developed interest as i got to know about both the existence of space law and policy and i think uh, the space industry did find me. So let's let's talk about India. A few months ago, if you had asked a random person on the street in Europe or America if they knew anything about the Indian space sector, I'm pretty sure the answer would be no. Uh, and I think it's actually true for, for ESA, by the way, so not that many people know about it. But now, um, I guarantee that almost everyone will know that India just successfully landed on the moon. 
this is really an amazing feat. And I, I myself watched the, the landing live as it was happening. So really, really amazing. So how, how do you think this will affect interest in the space sector in, in India? I mean, will we see an uptick in the number of people wanting to work in the sector? I think, yes, absolutely. There has been an increase in the space sector and the demand towards it uh, in terms of research and also in understanding what the sector is about. And this is not just within India, it is globally. With respect to India, India has had a very flourishing and a successful space program throughout from its establishment. So the awareness regarding their programs and missions has increased over the period. And especially after Mangalyan, the Chandrayaan-3, and also the recent Aditya L1 mission. And if we go to see in terms of opportunities, what people looked at the space sector was only from a technical or R&D perspective. However, now that is also changing as there is more awareness regarding the existence of space law and policy. And also other, I would say, segments such as finance, marketing, and there are so many other aspects, insurance. So uh, as the number of startups, as the number of companies in this sector increase, there is a high requirement uh, for people in terms of policies, in terms of to aid in law. So there is definitely going to be a very high growth in the entire sector. And do you think that the, the new space policy that was released, um, this, will, this will help enable the sector I mean, I was looking at it earlier and, you know, it's it's enabling really a private sector development in the country. Right. Absolutely. And it was actually the time when I started working with Skyroop that there was a draft policy that came across and which enabled startups, which pushed for a lot of companies to establish in the space sector. And it sort of did give in a lot of confidence to all the companies in the sector and with this current space policy that has come out, it sort of gives a good plan of action on behalf of the government as to how it sees the private sector and how it supports. It lists down certain roles of each, I would say, of each authority uh, and how and what sort of permits are given in terms of the space sector and which segments, I would say, in terms of maybe in terms of supporting the launch vehicles, supporting the data, supporting... Uh, orbital, I would say, resources and so on. So it does pan out on every segment of the space sector. Yeah, great. I mean, it's it's really amazing to see this and just the overall growth in the sector. So I was reading that there's something like four or 500 private space companies now in India. Right. And it's the, the sixth or seventh largest group in the world. Yeah, so it's uh, really quite amazing growth there. So many... Fascinating questions for future space lawyer and right. policymakers to consider. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So let's come back to you. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about what your role was like in Skyroute Aerospace? Right. Um, so my role consisted of me being a part of the legal and the business development team. My title was as a legal and a business development associate. And I led the legal matters on the commercial side. So the contracts with respect to the launch or any other contracts is something that I did look into in my day-to-day affairs. And with this, I worked very closely with the R&D team, other technical members, 
various engineers on not just something related to the launch of the satellite, but other matters as well. And as we were a startup, there was also and fun in working with the marketing team or sort of also giving your own opinion. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's something that's kind of cool about working for a startup, right, is that um, people have to take on a variety of different roles because the, the size is quite um, small. But so what, what does a typical day look like then? I mean, specifically, what were some of the tasks that you were actually doing? Like, or could you talk about some of the particular legal issues that, that, that you dealt with? So, yes, uh, the time that I was working with Skyroot, uh, as my role was not just with legal, it was also part of business development. It sort of kept fluctuating. At times I had more on the legal side, at times I had more on the business development side. So a typical day looked like taking up meetings with potential clients. Uh, it included drafting of various contracts and also especially focusing more on how we could also have some sort of suggestions for the policy that were panning out in India and also suggesting globally. Along with that, you know, uh, talking with spaceports and otherwise. So my day largely looked more on drafting and negotiating and closing contacts. But along with that, there was a lot of work that included, I mean, in terms of sales and so on, on the business development side. So let's ex explore this a bit. Um... Because you mentioned, you know, the the opportunity to comment on the developing space policy, for example, or the issues to do with spaceports, and you know that this is something that when people want to know, well, how how can I get involved in space policy? Do you think that actually working for industry is one way you can do this by then having the opportunity to uh, be exposed to policy type? processes and questions where you where you have the opportunity to comment? Um, yes, I think working in and within the industry also helps in understanding on how a policy should be. Essentially, policy is not just certain wordings. It is actually how it shapes up the entire industry. So having knowledge about what is currently required, what is the current status of the industry and uh, what are the further ambitions of not just a particular segment of the sector, but the entire sector, as it also is something that contributes to the economy. So having a general perspective, having a general idea on how the entire industry works and also working alongside does help a lot. However, given an opportunity to an individual to work directly on the policy criteria, having some sort of understanding on the industry would definitely help. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You started out your career studying for a bachelor's, a bachelor's in law. Can you walk us through your degrees um, and kind of at what point you started to, to study a space law subject? Right. So I completed my bachelor's from Islas Law College, which is one of India's oldest law colleges and wherein I studied quite a lot of uh, procedural as well as substantive laws. And I was also introduced to the subject of international law. It may come up as surprise, but I have never studied space law as part of my curriculum. It was only when I actually, I learned about the existence of space law when I came across a cosmo document in my second year of my law course. 
And in my third year is when I got the opportunity to represent and participate in Matrilax Space Law Mood Code competition, which then enabled and gave me a chance to research more, to learn more on space law. And resources weren't available that easily. So I had the opportunity to visit ISRO's library. And the entire atmosphere there was so that I somehow got a fair bit of an idea as to where I wanted to work or how I did want my career to begin with. And I then got an opportunity to work with Skyloot. So yeah, that is how I came across space law. And uh, I continue researching and learning more about it every day. So within your work at Skyroot, then, it's a very technical business, the rocket launch business, and you're probably surrounded by engineers and technology people. So how did you find this interface as a non-technical person? How did you work with engineers and how did you learn what you needed to learn about rockets? Uh, in fact, the time when I accepted or that I was going through my uh, entire interview process, I did somehow have a pressure on uh, will I be able to understand on the technical you know, parameters or not? And we often use this phrase that, you know, hey, it's easy, it's not rocket science. But the role that I was undertaking was actually concerned and about rocket science. So as a complete non-technical person, I did have that pressure about to learn and to understand on the basics of the entire business of the company, the technical clarity on the rocket, the launch vehicle as such, and what we are providing as a service to customers. I believe that also helped me define and give in sound legal and business solutions. And I think, um, although it was a bit challenging at first, I think working with a great team sort of helped me understand it in an easier manner. And this entire complex subject matter was became very simple and easy for me. So uh, working with them as such was not tough, but it was challenging at first. Yeah, I think that's an important point to note is, is the team. I think if you have a good team that are willing to explain some of the technical details to the, the non-technical people, then that's, you know, that's one of the fastest ways, I think, that you can actually um, pick this up. And yeah, certainly I found that in my career, um, for sure. So Absolutely. let's look at the future. So yeah. where, where can this career path take you? What are some typical career moves a lawyer working for a small launch company could actually make? So uh, I think there have been and there are a lot of opportunities in this entire sector. And it really depends on an individual's interest. It's just that we do not know of these opportunities. There are opportunities available in working with the government, suggesting them in policies like I think defines your role since you are also a member of the UNOSA. Also working with the private sector, I think continue, continuing with the private sector in itself is also a great opportunity. Along with that, there are space ports coming up. There are a lot of other, I would say, venture capitalist companies and people in terms from the finance sector. There's marketing. There is ample amount of opportunities. And not to miss out on something very important that is insurance. So, um, I mean, there are ample amount of opportunities and, uh, and it really depends on the individual's interest. So for the, the space policy enthusiast that's listening to this podcast, what would you recommend as some of the, the steps that they can take to, to actually get into this field? 
Right. So for space policy and for space law, what I would suggest is anything that helps you learn and understand all the industry at first is something to like a great start to begin with. And if you have an opportunity to learn about space law or space policy, or even in terms of the sector, during your course of college or as a part of your curriculum, that's great. But if you're not having that, I think somewhere learning like self-study about this sector is required and it's essential. Along with that, uh, participating in different workshops or being a part of different organizations, working groups, writing research papers will definitely be helpful. Um, in addition to that, also listening to various space law experts, space policy experts, and listening to them or their podcast will also be very helpful. Uh, I think along with that, or if I was able to summarize this, self-study about this industry, some sort of networking, and participating in various conferences like the IAC that is coming up, or being part of member groups such as the SGAC, IISL, or even Secure World Foundation and many such organizations would uh, definitely be a great way to start uh, your career or in develop further interest in this sector. And it's almost never been easier in a way to get information about the sector. Um, there's, there's so many newsletters and uh, podcasts and I mean, using tools like LinkedIn to find information about companies, for example. I think it's pretty easy these days. But so you mentioned the IAC. So you have just won a scholarship award um, to go and present. So are you actually traveling to to Baku for this year's IAC? Yes, uh, I am traveling to IAC this year and uh, I will also be presenting my paper. And my paper is uh, something that focuses on uh, the re-entry of objects that are launched into space and uh, whether they would be still termed as space objects and whether there is a duty to return them upon their controlled re-entry. So, it's a very exciting, I would say, an op a good opportunity considering the recent circumstances about uncontrolled re-entries that have been increasing. So it gives a very good opportunity as to how one can actually work on policies that will not just affect uh, the current activities, but also how uh, the, the industry in itself will shape up in upcoming years and how the policy also has to be at par with the technological advancements. Yeah, well, congratulations on achieving that. Okay, so thanks to Nashree for telling us a little bit about your career. But have you faced any major challenges so far in your career and how did you overcome them? Yes, I think since privatization had just begun, there were very few startups to begin with at first in India. And like I mentioned, I started working with this company immediately after graduation. So one of the major challenges I faced was drafting off the non-services agreement. And this agreement being very niche, and there were only a handful of companies in the private sector going through this, I was given the challenge to draft this. And not having anybody else in the legal team back then was something that did worry me. But I did reach out to a couple of other lawyers and as I mentioned, this industry is not just about competition, it's more about cooperation. And this is not just on the technical front, but also in the other segments. And I was lucky enough to actually receive a feedback from them. And that did help me get a clarity on my basics regarding the agreement. 
And as what I hear from my colleagues today is this was India's first ever private non-services agreement. So uh, although it was challenging, I think it was somewhat a highlight of a very nascent stage of my career. So it did give me a lot of clarity on how I wanted to move ahead. So I would say it was a challenge, but it was something which gave me a very good opportunity to showcase in my skills and work. Yeah, that's excellent. So you've you've really been um, a space policy pioneer then <laughs> in India in um, achieving this launch services agreement. And I think you mentioned something important about the um, the importance of reaching out to other people. And this is something that actually several other guests have mentioned on the show that, you know, the there's obviously a lot of competition in the space sector, but ultimately everyone wants to see the sector win and achieve big things and a certain extent of uh, collaboration and cooperation is needed. So I think a really important factor for early, early career people is reaching out uh, to people in other companies with similar roles and, you know, finding ways to have an exchange of experience kind of outside the competition. So um, it's great that you were able to, to do that. Another challenge that I faced during my career was something concerning the very first private launch in the entire Indian industry. As we were coming closer to the launch, we had, I mean, I, from a legal perspective, had to ensure that we are very sound on matters concerning insurance, concerning our contracts with the customers, concerning any permits that we need from the government and so on. But again, at this time, I would say that the entire Indian sector somehow, you know, while we're talking to the spaceport regarding permits and so on, it, it was, I would say, a surreal experience. And what I'd like to also mention in addition to that was I was present at the very launch site. So to somehow see about how things go on from a very close perspective was something that gave me a very good opportunity. So I think uh, if you work correctly on challenges, it can definitely pan out and show you a very good way on your next career moves or career paths. Well, that is an amazing experience. So thanks thanks for sharing that, Antanushree. So let's wrap up here now. Um, I like to end these these interviews by thinking about the big picture. So, you know, we're all just a little cog in the, uh, the machine of the space economy, but how do you place yourselves within a big picture? What's, what's the overall strategic direction that you're working towards? Right. Um, so like I mentioned, while I was working with the previous organization, I did have a, a part to play in terms of how we could boost the Indian sector in terms of or the launch segment at first. And I think no matter on what roles that you play in the industry, it does have a larger impact. So ultimately, if you do look at the space sector and the economy as such, with the growth of privatization, that also is concerned regarding how we are sound on the policies as it structures our further activities. And I think we are at a time when the technology is also developing. And this essentially is, I would say, a I would say that it is a very important stage in the entire sector since the time space, outer space activities did begin to sort of have a clarity and be at par with what further technological advancements could be. If we do take a look at the history of space law, space law has always been very proactive. We've had treaties before reaching on moon, before conducting space mining activities. 
So I would say if the country you're doing so, it would rather be very helpful because no matter how big or small an organization is, the moment it does sort of conduct any space activity, the impact is going to be globally. Um, so if we are able to focus on something as simple as uh, sustainability, as important topics such as space debris or delimitation of airspace and outer space to begin with, I think there are multiple challenges, but if we do start working on them, this would really turn this entire sector into a big, I would say, part of the economy. Excellent. Well, thank you for sharing that thought, Tanushree. Uh, really inspiring to hear. So thank you very much for your time on this podcast. Uh, it was a pleasure to talk to you and I wish you all the greatest success. Thanks a lot, Andrew. It was great to have this conversation with you and I hope that I'm able to provide him some insight to people who are interested in space law and policy. And I'd also like to mention that often I come across this question about whether there is any requirement of someone to have a legal background if they are interested in space policy as such. But I think having just a great or a good idea about um, the space industry and maybe a fair share and understanding a bit on law, but not having a degree should be good to begin with. So, yeah, I hope that this was helpful for them. Excellent. That is, that is very helpful. So there are many, many different options that we can take. Absolutely. We hope you've been inspired by our journey through space policy careers on Space Policy Pioneers podcast. If you're passionate about carving your path in the cosmos, don't miss out. Head over to www.scienceinspace.co.uk to explore our exclusive space policy career coaching services and supercharge your career today. With insights from top space policy experts, and a track record of helping professionals like you succeed. Science and Space is your trusted source for career growth. Please leave us a rating on your favorite podcast platform. Your five-star rating not only shows your appreciation, but also helps us reach more space policy enthusiasts like you. Sharing the show with three friends who hold your passion for space policy or on your favorite social media platforms amplifies our mission to educate and inspire to stay connected follow science and space on linkedin on x and explore our video content on youtube as we continue to explore the boundless possibilities of space policy thank you for joining us on this exciting journey ad astra